thrilled to have the institutional fundraising platform Instrumental join us as a multi-episode sponsor in Season 5. Instrumental CEO Gary Monglick has created a mini-series of grant tips to help you be more efficient and strategic in your grant seeking. Listen in on today's tidbit. What do you think is the biggest challenge to grant seeking right now? You know, in some ways, it's what it's always been. It's been about it's building relationships and standing out when uh, generally grants are, are pretty competitive. Uh, I think right now there's more of a focus on showing past success of programs in a more data-oriented way. Um, so that's something to consider as you're pursuing those funders. Um, and then also there is a kind of a changing landscape in that um, some funders are becoming less transparent uh, because they're kind of funding through LLCs or DAFs, um, and that's something um, where you know, that might make it more challenging to figure out what all your options are. To find out more, check out instrumental.com. Use coupon code HEYDAY50 for $50 off the first month of Instrumental. That's I-N-S-T-R-U-M-E-N-T-L.com. Hey there, I'm Kimberly Hayesday Muga. And I'm Amanda Day. And you're listening to Season 5 of the Fundraising Heyday Podcast. Woohoo! We're here to help you make sense of the complex world of grant writing and fundraising, whether you work for a nonprofit, local government, or are a consultant who serves them. On Fundraising Heyday, we will cover the how to's for sure, but we will also explore the whys of things. Why are things the way they are? including poking the bear of inequity that roams the world of philanthropy on a daily basis. So, as always, we're doing this every two weeks with the help of experts in the field in our particular brand of entertainment, as Kimberly is laughing at my half-hearted roar earlier. That that really polite roar, that was that was Amanda, and, and that gets, was the snorting. It speaks to our song's cheesy sound effects and occasional y'all. I feel like we just gave you examples. We did, yes, because we think learning should be fun, which is why we started Fundraising Heyday. So let's get to our topic after a quick word from our lovely season sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by our Season 5 sponsor, D.H. Leonard Consulting and Grant Writing Services. Don't let grants stress you out. Their team can help you with grant readiness and training, grant research, grant writing, mock review, as well as providing numerous DIY resources, guides, and templates. Did you know that with every Fundraising Heyday episode, we create a coordinating blog post on their website, dhleonardconsulting.com. Check it out today. So today we're talking about capital campaigns and how the steps and strategies behind them are essential for grant writers, fundraisers, and consultants to understand. So yes, even if you're like me going, but I've never done a capital campaign before, Kimberly. Oh, but there are parallels. Absolutely. So even if it's not something you're doing right now or you feel like you even want to do in the future, trust me, this is going to come up in some way, shape, or form, even if it's a slightly different process by another name or your employer or client will identify a significant need, maybe something like a new building or significant equipment upgrades or massive remodeling projects. It's a dedicated time-limited crunch to fund big ticket items while other fundraising activities occur. And while 
when Kimberly first brought up this as a topic for us to cover, I quickly was like, okay, this is your brainchild because I've never done capital campaigns. But talking to her, clearly I've basically done a capital campaign. It just wasn't called that, right? It so, was a different name under different tax codes, but they're transferable skills. Yeah. So my closest equivalent working in local government would be a, like a major transportation or downtown development plan. Um one of the ones I was involved with was as part of, we had studied an area to determine the transportation and housing and other infrastructure needs. And our biggest priority was this bridge that really connected some major infrastructure. It connected housing to a outdoor amphitheater that has major concerts and a mall and restaurants. And so it's one of those things, it could have been a very walkable area between all these things, but this bridge that was very narrow, just a two-lane road. As a pedestrian, I ain't getting on that ever. Nope. And it was old, and it, it needed replacing anyway. And so the whole idea was to replace it to make it much more pedestrian-friendly yeah. and all that kind of good stuff. So we go through the process and determine that this is going to be a $12 million project. Um, so, of course, everybody's like, Amanda, grants, what can we do? Um, <laughs> and so... I was not able to fund it completely with grants, but I was able to get one grant for $4 million, another grant for a million and a half, um, and then we pulled some resources with some interested partners and stakeholders who all started willing to pitch in some money because they started to see how you know advantageous this project would be. And then the city came forward and kind of figured out what, what funds do we have that mm -hmm. we can make up the difference. So together we kind of hodgepodged. $12 million to build our bridge and it's I there would, now. Yeah. I would say, I think I'm thinking about Mod Podge. I'm like, I wouldn't limit yes. it to a crafting tool, but that's no. Mod Podge. <laughs> but actually, there was a plan, right? There was. You did, there yeah. were feasibility studies, there were bids, there were contracts and estimates and plans and all of those things are what is typically involved in a capital campaign. Yep. And we're also going to talk about today later on when we we'll talk about when to ask for help and how to drive discussions around this because I think sometimes it's a topic that can be scary um, or intimidating or where people might have some ideas who do not write grants or fundraise every day that are shockingly wrong. Yeah, basically we're talking about those projects where there's somebody who is asking you to wave your metaphorical <laughs> magical wand and just make it happen. Because, you know, $12 million, just like that. <laughs> wave your wand in the air like you don't care. Now, ow. <laughs> <laughs> I am a big Harry Potter fan, and I wish... I was Hermione and can work magic like she does, but I am not. So how are we going to make this happen in real life, not at Hogwarts? Well, and again, aside from Hogwarts, I'm imagining they really didn't have a need for capital campaigns because they could just actually wave a wand and make it happen. True that. My magic world building knowledge of funding revenue streams is not maybe what it should be, but... Really, some of the things, just again, just some examples that you may all be familiar with or maybe new to some, agency needs to move to a new building. I'm working with a client now that it, I think a lot of times people think capital campaigns, oh, it's, a, it's for a new building. Well, many times, yes, but not necessarily. And sometimes if you, if you as a grant professional or fundraising professional are privy to and can understand the overall priorities for expansion, which you should be if they're letting you do your job in the right way. 
then you can even help imagine what things could be put together in a capital style campaign. And a quick example of that, I'm working with a client now who has capital needs, but not a new building. Um, they're, they're fulfilling some big ticket remodeling, um, fire egress, sprinklers, new flooring, all these things that will help them obtain a state license for their particular program that will in turn open up new revenue streams. Nice. So that is a capital campaign, and mm -hmm. we'll talk about the stages of it later, but it could be instead of a building or um, lots of renovations to a building, um, capital-style projects and needs that could go toward a campaign could be you're updating transportation vehicles, buses, refrigerated trucks, um, cars, if you have some sort of, mo you're a mobile fire, fire trucks, because they're expensive, mobile clinic vehicles, and also often included in sort of the realm of things that, that, uh, that capital campaigns would be designed to fund would be endowments. And I want to throw that in there because I think it's really important. But also, if you are getting a new building or making significant additions or buying a new fire truck or um, doing any or getting a new um, mobility clinic or mammogram screening, mobile truck, whatever yeah. you're getting, it's going to cost more to operate. Right, mm -hmm. especially you know, welcome to gas prices, and other and other things. Staffing so is never cheap. So absolutely. So that's why making sure to think of building in part of the campaign an endowment that could then be used to pay the maintenance costs on the building, to pay t toward um, maintenance of vehicles or, st or staff or 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 ongoing improvements. So those are sort of the four main components. And a lot of times when you're even conceptualizing a capital campaign, it can feel really high risk and high stakes. Um, and it might be, but then the rewards are amazing. Um, you can feed more hungry people. You can increase quality of life through better access to healthcare, faster emergency response times, or as I mentioned, opening up new revenue streams because you have made improvements that qualify you to do so thus making it an important part of your sustainability. So there are lots of reasons to do it, and there are also lots of reasons to get involved and help people in your, within your client or within your agency to help them identify opportunities. Yep. And if you've never worked on a capital campaign before, just think of it as a series of giant federal and state grants in terms of the time and intensity. Sounds so. great. <laughs> Have we scared you off yet? Um, but depending on the scale or the cost of the campaign and your organization's internal resources, working with an ethical, successful consulting firm or a consultant specializing in capital campaigns will definitely be worth the time and money. Um, and it's going to be going on while all your other daily operating and program needs are still happening and are still going to require funding, whether it's through grants or donations, in-kinds and other revenue, right? So it's just, it's basically, it's like, hey, you already are working how many hours a week? Now we're going to do this big capital campaign, but, you, but you've got to maintain all these other things, okay? Um, so just know that it is a lot of work and it doesn't always sound straightforward, but the benefits of a successful capital campaign could mean up-to-date facilities mm -hmm. for those you serve and better tech and other infrastructure, even more volunteers or more mm -hmm. public awareness come about when you do a big capital campaign. But the most important thing, you're going to have more people, communities, environments, and whatever you serve, they are going to benefit. And that's the key. Just like in a need statement, right? You always focus on the ultimate aim, 
who and what are you serving? And if you think about it that way, then it really is worth all the time and the attention. So like any large scale project, strategic planning, sustainability planning, grant planning. Are you catching on to what I'm saying here? I think there's a... A word I keep saying? Uh, plan. plan. <laughs> yeah. And there's no one size fits all capital campaign. Um and you may have, very, depending on the size of your organization, as Amanda mentioned, you may have varying degrees of how you participate in a plan. I will just very quickly, in a move that will surprise no one, especially Amanda, a quick sidebar about that. <laughs> oh, that's a, well, that was a side swipe. A quick side swipe. Um, I have worked in different organizations where sometimes it's completely encouraged that the existing development team, which includes grants, major um, gift officers, and others, data services, and other folks, work hand in hand with a consultant firm because it was a big it was a big campaign. And I've also seen a lot of the team staff team members be like, "Not anything to do with that. It's it's extra work for me." And and I feel it, and it is. However. Learning from the the consulting firms that do this and are very successful at it full time helped me understand the strategies. And it also at the time when when this sort of interaction occurred as a as a as a grant professional with moving into more cultivation of foundation and donors, it opened doors and techniques to bring on maybe some of those funders that came on for the capital campaign for the and yeah. maybe for the first time with the organization. I'm just saying it opened doors and it was a learning opportunity. But at the same time, make sure to protect your time. And if, you're, um, if your employer um, is saying, well, I want you to do everything you're doing as a grant or fundraising pro or as a development director, and you're also going to run this whole campaign, it is time to negotiate. <laughs> it is time yeah. to ask for help because we don't mean to imply that you should do all of this yourself on top of everything you're already doing um, without some very careful thought into what goes off your plate to, yeah. to, to manage that. So Absolutely. just, just set the scale. So um, set the table, I guess. Evening the scales. I don't even know what metaphor it is. <laughs> I don't even know anymore. We just want, want, don't want you to be burned out because you're doing all the things. So do what you got to do to make sure the work gets done, but also... You're taken care of. Also, you need to do self-care, but sometimes burnout comes because the system itself is flawed. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, no amount of uh, reading books in a bubble bath is going to fix no. having to work a bajillion hours a week. So, so we're just we're just putting that out there in the way that we do. And now I'm gonna tell you a little bit about pieces of the campaign, but don't forget the burnout and systemic improvement thing because it's really important. So. Most campaigns that I've either been associated with or in books I've read or people I've talked to, they, they're going to follow these steps much like a grant. And in the earlier analogy, you know, Amanda's like, hey, it's just like doing a series of big federal grants all the time. And we laughed and then I'm like, wait, that's what a lot of people do who listen to this podcast. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm trying to draw some parallels seeing if the, just giving some information, sharing some stuff, maybe sparking some ideas. So they're generally five to six parts of any capital campaign of any 
decent size. And by decent, I mean like, you know, you're looking at, you're starting at a couple million dollars or a million dollars and up even on to billions of dollars, but we'll get to that. So there's pre-planning. Again, like a grand strategy, mm -hmm. you're sitting around going, like Amanda said, it's like, hey, we've got this janky bridge. We need to do, <laughs> what's it going to cost to do, fix all this? Well, that was a local government. Who, they don't do capital campaigns that are called capital campaigns, but they do ginormous projects and they bring together multiple funding. So there's a pre-planning process where you're gathering information. What is it that needs to happen? What is it that do we need and do we have a rough idea of how much it costs and how can we figure out those costs? Then once you've got that together, if um, you're able to, and I do recommend it, if you're able to bring in um, professionals who do this all the time, who are ethical and successful, to help you out, that's when I would say bring them in is when you have figured out what it is you want to do. And so you're getting your team together and then you're needing to look at feasibility. And this is different than the feasibility about the feasibility of actually building the bridge. Will it harm buildings or will the road structure support it? This is the feasibility of you've got your, your campaign in mind. Maybe it's $10 million, but you raise $200,000 a year. So the feasibility study on a normal for your operating, right? So the feasibility is, hmm, how can we, can we get to this $10 million through looking at, at donors and people who already support you and foundations that already support you versus foundations in your area that specialize in capital campaigns, corporations? How, what is it going to look like? Can we get to that $10 million? And that's where sometimes it's helpful to have professionals come in. Yeah. Well, and I would jump back, you know, with that pre-campaign, you mentioned that's a good time to bring in consultants. But whether you bring in consultants or not, I think it's really important to have your team together because it's one person, I'm assuming, cannot do a capital campaign no. successfully. So it's that that pre-campaign is bringing everybody within your organization, whether it's board members, the boss, colleagues, volunteers, whoever's going to be involved and sitting down and letting everybody understand, I'm assuming, what their roles are, you know, mm -hmm. educating them on the process, what, what we're trying to do, what we're not trying to do, all of that good stuff. And if you've got a consultant to run all that, even better. But if not, somebody's going to have to be in Somebody's got to drive the car. Yeah. Somebody's got to drive the car. Um, and that's also, again, you're looking for... Um, um, you're looking for propensity. Would they be willing to give? And you're looking for capacity. Do they... When it comes to feasibility. How here, much yeah. bank are we talking about? Yeah. Um, that can also, again, involve getting the board because getting the board involved because if you're going to have a successful capital campaign, it's not all based on grants. We're going to be focusing on the grant aspect of it more today um, just because that's generally what we do. But I would, I'm sure there are exceptions to this. Generally, you want, just like for funding your operating costs, you want a revenue stream that's varied, right? So yeah. a capital campaign is no different except it's funding a particular project or big ticket item that doesn't repeat every year, but you still want multiple streams. Like Amanda said, for her non-capital, capital style campaign with the city, it she couldn't find one grant. I, I, I wish, I, I'm wish. sure you're like, yeah. I wish I could have, I would have done that. But it's looking at that and also looking at don't neglect at all the importance of donors of all shapes and sizes and capacities that can come in and, and help you with that. And again, that's where a consultant can come in 
to help you develop. They used to call it a donor pyramid, you know, where you, mm-hmm. how many, you know, how many, um, how many thousand dollar donors, $10,000 donors, million dollar donors, 500,000, 250,000. Yeah. Doing the math and figuring out, do we have that? Or if not, where can we get it? So all of that is included in feasibility. And then where most grant pros come in is around what is called the quiet phase, right? So you've done all your planning. You know how much money you need. You have an idea of how to start. But then it's the actual doing of it. So for most larger scale capital campaigns, you're not announcing it to the public in terms of getting smaller scale individual donors, volunteers, et cetera, et cetera, until you've already raised money because you want to come in strong. Yeah, you want to come in hot. Hey, we, we got to raise $10 million and we're already halfway there, right? Middle-aged white ladies use slang, <laughs> part 20,000. But yes, coming in hot, coming in hot. Um, again, uh, if you are a grant professional on staff working with the, with the, um, with the consulting firm, that's where you could be coming in. And lending your expertise mm-hmm. and your develop the relationships that you've developed over time with with area funders, then there's the public phase, which is where that garnering volunteers and building awareness comes in. When you're like, "Hey, we're more than halfway there. Help increase access to healthcare services all across Georgia through this network of clinics or whatever it might be." Then you're like wanting to connect to people who may not have connected to your organization before because you're, you're just going public with it. Um, and the final phase would be, of course, a wrap-up because where would we be if we didn't wrap stuff up, thank everybody, lessons learned, and also seeing which donors, whether they're individual, major, family foundation, donor advice fund, cryptocurrency, whatever, could be converted into ongoing Donors. That's not all. It's not always the case. Yeah. Well, because I remember talking. Um, I think it was last season. And for a second, I'm drawing a blank on her name. Where we talked about individual, like monthly giving. Erica. Erica. Was it Eric? Not Harney, but. Oh, no. why am I drawing a blank? In a minute, it'll come back to me. Forgive in a, me. In a, in a minute. In a minute. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. We're not going to sing that song. Someone has been on TikTok a little too long. and TikTok? Um, TikTok? I ate too many TikToks and I got on TikTok. <laughs> no, but one of the things she was talking about, Erica Wasdorf. That's who Thank it was. You. I mean, I, I'm like, I can see her. Anyway, but she was talking about there used to be the belief that, okay, if they're a major donor, you never want to ask them to be a monthly giver. Or if they're this, you never you don't want to double tap. But one of the things she talked about is if they love you enough to do major donations, mm-hmm. they may also love you enough to go, yeah, we'll give you $100 a month as well. You know, so I think Kimberly's right. If they, especially if they're first time. <laughs> she thinks. I she think she's sure. right. I'm not a capital campaign expert. But... <laughs> If someone is willing to participate in your capital campaign, I think they would probably be willing to help out in other arenas, especially since capital campaigns, I'm assuming, are not happening every year. Like those are. I think that would be the point of yeah. it. Is that you don't do it every year, then it's like an operating thing. Exactly. I mean, that, that's my that's my take on it. No, yes. they should be. They shouldn't be. It shouldn't be every year because you're looking for things that are going to. They're, I wouldn't say one time only, but they're one time infrequently big things that will move your programs and services forward to, to allow you to serve more. Yeah. And I probably want to talk a little real quick about the timing. Um, yeah. I think that would be good before we 
scoot on. Um, and, you know, it depends because that is always my answer. But um, the timing for each phase is just going to depend on the, the size and complexity of the campaign. I mean, I've seen like one to two to even $5 million campaigns all in, all happening in two years through all those phases. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, certainly in the Atlanta area, there are a couple of giant ones that come to mind. Um, Emory had, I, I think it was a $2 billion campaign, and that took almost a, a decade, probably all in, because yeah. really when you think about the feasibility and the silent phase and the planning and all of that, um, but, you know, billion with a B, million with an M, it's, it's just going to determine um, how long it takes and how many moving parts. Um, I would say in terms of capital campaigns, though, do think in months or years instead of days or weeks, which may come as a shock to our <laughs> grant-seeking brethren, or if you report to someone whose idea of a long-term uh, deadline or assignment is in hours, you know, instead of that. But it's it's a process moving things forward that I think you just need to honor that to get that success in. So just a little a bit, bit of background on that timing phase. Yeah. Well, and I'd say that's important to know too. Um, I, I can't remember if I've mentioned this on the podcast recently or not, but I started at the beginning of this year working for a company called Dickerson Baker that does grants is just a small portion of mm -hmm, their mm -hmm, portfolio. Mm -hmm. They do a ton of capital campaigns. And one of the things I've learned, we were working with a new client and um, our my other grant colleague and I had put done prospect research and had come through and put together a list of potential funding opportunities for some of their programs, their operating stuff. And so, of course, I'm, we've got this great list and I'm all gung-ho and excited and ready to get going. Well, before we could do that, we had to turn it over because it was like a... A, a small division of this huge organization that we were working with, well, they had to turn it over to the big board to get their blessing before we move forward. And one of the reasons that is is because they were in the middle of a big capital campaign. And so oh, yeah. all of the funders that they were, were courting for the capital campaign, they were like, yep, yeah, we don't want you reaching out to them for $10,000 right now because we're hoping they're going to give us a lot of money for this, which is fair. So, Which is fair but can also cause friction if you're the grant writer responsible for filling your operating expenses annual budget. So it's just, that's a negotiation to talk yeah, about. But the true. good news is if you can talk that through, and I think it's totally legit to say, I, I totally get that I need to raise $1.5 million in operating program funding mm -hmm. through grants this year for this after school program. But if we're going to the capital campaign and they can get bigger money and the long term it's going to pay off because maybe once this foundation gives a million dollars instead of ten thousand dollars yeah then you know that can open the door for higher program funding but you also want to make sure i mean gotta look after yourself making sure that this is not going to affect your year-end evaluation oh absolutely you know because saying? i mean that it took our list it oh, certainly yeah. shortened it up so it's like okay then we are changing the potential of funding we have so you're as most things boil down to, it's all about communication. Yeah, yeah, but don't, yeah. I wouldn't be afraid to broach those kinds oh, yeah. of topics because um, I, I would hate, I would hate to be in that position where it's like, well, you didn't meet your targets. It's like, but <laughs> you took away three fourths of my funders. <laughs> so those are those yeah. are discussions worth having. But to me, it's all about let's just embrace this and try and work together and see how it's going to affect because it will. Yeah. Well, in thinking about all of this, it kind of falls into that old saying of it takes money to make money. Mm -hmm. um, but with, with capital campaigns before the first dollar is spent, 
make sure it's well thought out. That's why that planning stage is step one that we talked about. Mm -hmm. So yes, we're talking plans again. And whether you're working with a huge research hospital or a church food pantry, thoroughly discussing the following questions will help determine the direction of a capital campaign. Okay, so think about these types of questions as a way to spur all kinds of strategic directions for grant seeking fundraising, and overall good growth for your organization. You're here. Okay, so one of the questions you may want to answer is, how are demographic needs changing? Fair. Okay. I mean, you should so, be asking that anyway. Yes. But as a part of your planning for the capital. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a... We've talked before about with grants that if you don't have a good need statement, then if you don't have a need, you don't have a grant. I'm pretty sure the same applies for if you don't have a need, you don't have a capital campaign. Well, and the need needs to be... I know we're, we're going we're gonna to say this more than once. We say it all the time. It's not, well, we need better windows in our offices or we need new computers. It's like, I feel you. Maybe your windows really do suck and your computers were like the 90s called and it uh-huh. wanted their giant um, desktop workstations back. But when again, when you're forming and planning a capital campaign, it's about how many more people will be able to ser- be served, how much more quickly because you have yep. equipment that works. That kind. I mean, it's the yep. same. It's the same mindset. It's Absolutely. Same mindset. Yep. Um, another question is: Can we meet those needs with what we have now? And that just goes to exactly what you were saying. If the answer is no, Probably then not. <laughs> then you need some help, right? Um, another thing is what will it take to meet these needs in terms of faculty, not faculty, but yes, maybe faculty if you're a university staff, facilities, infrastructure, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. other equipment, you know, what is it? What do you need? And this goes back to what Kimberly says. The needs is not, I need a new building. I need a new this. I need to do that. No, the needs is we are, the population we're expected to serve has tripled in the past five years. Or we can't meet the the growing needs needs with what we have on hand. Yes. And so that's why you need, you need this. Yes, you need the stuff, but really you're, you're meeting a need. The stuff helps you meet that need, mm-hmm. right? Um, another thing to think about is, okay, well, what if we do nothing? What happens then? You know, and that may be an, a great thing to share is sure we could do nothing, but then the consequences of that are going to be X, Y, Z. Um, another question to ask is what happens if we achieve these one-time needs or goals? So in other mm-hmm. words, what's it going to look like if we actually do all this stuff we're talking about? How beautiful of a world are we creating, right? Um, will there be more revenue streams as a result or an increased efficiency as a result of your capital project? Um, and this is not the time for some off-the-cuff remarks. These questions, just like strategic planning, require dedicated time and most likely a specialist to guide the discussion and help build consensus. So again, going back to thinking about potentially hiring a consultant or maybe you have somebody on your staff who has the expertise, who's done multiple campaigns in other, you know, venues. Um, and I'd give a shout out to whoever your expert is. Listen to them. Oh, what a great idea. Novel concept. You hire oh. someone because of their expertise and then you actually listen to their expertise. Bitter party of one. <laughs> your table's ready. <laughs> Amanda's just helping me process some things. And we're all good. And we're back. So um, I would also say you may, may, oh, y'all I know what's coming. Do it, do it, do it. You may ask yourself, how did I get here? You may ask yourself, this is not my grant writing job. (laughs) This is not my beautiful operating budget. 
Well, you know, you may be talking about a capital campaign. And my apologies to the talking heads and anyone whose eardrums just began to bleed. But sometimes your girl's just, just got to get out. Her, her 80s groove out in the open. And if you don't know who the talking heads are, please go to oh, your nearest. Your heart. Yeah, honey, <laughs> get on it. It's, it's cool. I think you might like it. Just, just go on Spotify or wherever it is that you get your music and check it out. So anyway. Um, it probably won't sound anything like what I did say, <laughs> but you may be talking about a capital campaign. This is the theme of this, because remember the questions that Amanda just ran through, you might be like, well, we ask those questions anyway, or that's just a part of our regular planning, or that's of how we address the sustainability question or parts of it. So, right. So what I'm saying is if you are seeing um, in your agency or with your client, multiple big ticket kind of one-time only items that they want to purchase or build or expand, you may be able to move into a capital campaign where it's a concerted effort around something like increasing access to healthcare services or um, keeping the river systems and parks clean all around the city. And the reason I'm emphasizing that is that may not be an approach that you've considered or um, your leadership is considered. But if there are enough of those needs, I would suggest consider packaging them together and considering a capital campaign style approach, because there could there there's sort of a strength in bringing something together. If you need you know five new trucks and a new entrance or a new or parking lot. Um, access or loading dock or something like that, why not put that all together and frame it as a capital style campaign so that maybe you can attract more foundations that fund that kind of thing and also get more public interest in around improving this facility will improve lives and here's how. Because I think sometimes as, as grant pros, it might be you're writing one after another, after another, after another, and then it's like, Hold up, take a step back. Yeah. Are there things that we can do? Yeah. Um, and then if there are, there are those, those um, steps that we talked about. And then it could be a way to bring in a consultant or firm um, of which neither one of us, we don't do that work. No, so please, not this us. is not, we're not the <laughs> podcasters that just have long commercials for things. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> you said that. <laughs> and, you know, that's okay if that's where you are, but that's not where we are. Yeah, we do have ads, but whatevs. But no, we're not. This is not all about please hire us for your capital campaign needs. In fact, I'm telling you right now, you don't want to hire me to be your capital campaign manager. Not interested. Not I've, there. I've not done it before. Absolutely not. Thank you, though. So yeah. all that to say, we're saying that may be an approach you can take yeah. with your agency or with your clients to do a sort of consolidated. And then then there's the ongoing programmatic support that you're going to do anyway but you it may pay to package those things and the only way you're going to know to do that is either by asking those questions yourself or presenting those questions and having people answer them in a not off the cuff gotta run but really taking a studied approach yeah um and if you if you are looking for someone in all seriousness there are definitely people who do this on the regular know oh, what they're yeah. talking about um, a great place to look for someone is the association of fundraising professionals afp mm -hmm. they have a consultant directory and you don't have to be a member to search it so you can go to their website 
And you can search under, I'm assuming, different categories. And you can oh, put, yeah, you can put like in little, Capital yeah, Campaign and bar. probably find somebody you can find a to bunch. your area if you want to. And oh, oh, just real quick, yeah, we're not suggesting that that this is the only way we're going to have some suggestions and we're not suggesting that just because you're a member of a national organization automatically you're excellent that's not what we're saying we're saying hey if these organizations and individuals choose to identify with associations by becoming members and choose through their membership to accept the code of conduct or code of ethics that they have it just might be a good place to start just well, just like anything, it. before you hire somebody, mm-hmm. I always tell people, you know, before you hire me, if you need to talk to past clients yep. or uh, colleagues, I'm happy to share that information. So just because I'm on a directory doesn't mean I'm the It means best you're on for- a directory. Yeah. <laughs> so do your homework, obviously. But if you're like, I don't even have people to do homework on, this is how you can find yep. those people. Yeah. Yep. Just um, context. So, and there could be other organizations in your field or your geographic area that have have campaigns. Yes. You ask them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you, a a local organization similar to yours just did a very successful capital campaign, ask them how, who, who ran it for you? Is this somebody I could hire? Um, If you belong to the Grant Professionals Association, or again, the Association of Fundraising Professionals, they often have articles and resources for members on a plethora of things, and Capital Campaigns is one of those. So if you have someone on your staff who's a member of any such organization, um, they can check that out. Um, A lot of these organizations also have um, online forums for the Grant Mm -hmm. Professionals Association. It's called Grant Zone. I could go on there right now and type... SOS, capital campaigns have been thrown in my lap. What do I do? And I guarantee you within 24 hours, I will have multiple responses from people either going, hey, give me a call. I can walk you through it. Or this is a consultant we used. Or someone is going to feel your pain. And not only on those kind of forums, but social media has all kinds of things. Now, this isn't capital campaign related, but um, someone just recently posted on the... um, fundraising heyday facebook community page someone who was new to grants and they were it wasn't capital campaign related but they were specifically trying to find funding for things like beds and furniture things that aren't usually like it's not like there's a couch grant you know out there so just talking about you know what types of funders fund these types of things what's the best approach and within 24 hours this person had about eight beautiful responses before i even had a chance to jump on there and answer i was like yep they've covered they've done a good job i'm just so stuck on the grant, couch grant thing i'm just okay. stuck on Wouldn't that, that be nice if i'm just envisioning couch? this like recamier this sort of loungy kind of thing but that's just my vibe right now so please go ahead please go ahead so all that to say is there's lots of places um and then there's also a lot of the places where you go to do your online grant research so instrumental for example you can look and see what funders give specifically to capital campaigns it'll help you narrow down the i mean if you're if you're a paid subscriber then that's one of the searches you can do and I will say, too, just a, a shout out for a lot of these subscription services now are offering, you know, like someone like me, I don't do tons of prospect research. Right. I'm not going to pay for a year-long subscription to something because I wouldn't use it, but a month? Yeah. And um, there is a code for instrumental. <gasps> what? There is. You are, we, get, are we those podcasters that have commercials? We're going to put a plug we're for plugging our it, y'all. fabulously it. helpful group uh, instrumental since they have been so kind yep. to help us with some of our ads but um, you can get a discount on your first month of uh, using instrumental with a quick little fundraising 
payday ad. And of course, I'm hadn't planned to say this, so I'm quickly trying Y'all, to. Y'all, she's improvising. I'm it's improvising. I'm talking. I'm trying to find my quick file that tells me what it. I, heyday is in the name, I know, but I'm trying to remember. So while what it is. Amanda, why don't you is, talk while I'm looking for it? Hey, let me talk. So anyway, I would just say there, there are lots of different resources. You do want to just do your homework. I have always found, rep, like, word of mouth is a great way to go. That's why I would recommend reaching out through any of these forums or to organizations that may either be in your geographic area or in your subject matter area. But I would also say. Don't be afraid to just go ahead and do your own prospect research just looking at capital campaigns. If you're newer to prospect research, this may or may not come as a surprise to you, but just as a good review, oftentimes there are foundations, private foundations, that only give to capital campaigns, and they may give everything to pet shelters, to hospitals, to all sorts of things, but just doing a search on capital giving capital campaigns as your keyword and even nothing else except maybe a geographic focus could be super helpful in identifying foundations that you've never approached before. Yep. And good news, I found it. It's Heyday 50, H-A-Y-D-A-Y 50. And that gives you $50 off your first month of instrumental. So if you're like, it is time for a capital campaign, I'm going to start with some grant research. Boom. That's one option. And there's others out there, too. So uh, check it all out. Thank you, Amanda, for your research skills. You know. Her little fingers were flying across that keyboard. It was a joy to behold. <laughs> so listen, really, no matter where you are in your career, familiarizing yourself with capital campaigns and how to identify the need for one and the basic steps, um, it'll help you even... It could be right now or even in the future, or it may turn into a whole new interesting career path to explore because there is always going to be the need for these kinds of improvements and there are always going to be a need for experts in the field. And with the fundraising or grant writing knowledge, skills, research, relationship building, these are all transferable skills into the wonderful world of capital campaigns if it is calling your name. Absolutely. Um, and I just would like to give a, a shout out to the wonderful fundraising heyday community who is always so kind to answer questions when people post. So if you're not following us along, we do have a Facebook page. It's the fundraising heyday Shocker. page. I know. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. It's at funding heyday. Um, and we also have a LinkedIn fundraising heyday page. So those are all great places. If you've got questions about capital campaigns or anything or experiences you want to yes, share, maybe you have an idea we you. didn't even bring up today. Absolutely. Tell us about it. So lots of ways you can interact with this lovely podcast community that keeps continues to grow every year and for which we are eternally grateful. Yay, community. Thank you for listening. Your continued support is the reason we are back for season five. Otherwise, we'd just be talking about books and eating chips and guac. I don't know. No, we no. Be doing we do that too. <laughs> we'll do that too. We're going to be doing that too. So, but anyway, please follow, please do, and leave a review of Fundraising Heyday on Apple Podcasts um, or wherever you listen. It really helps us connect to other folks and um, share it personally. Send an email. Um, 
It just helps our community grow, and in the end, it helps all of us because we can learn and share together. Thank you again to our Season 5 sponsor, D.H. Leonard Consulting and Grant Writing Services. We so appreciate their support in making grants less stressful. Visit their website at dhleonardconsulting.com to download their latest free resources today. Thanks for spending your time with us, and we hope you'll tune in for our next episode. We're going to talk about how not to lead a grant webinar. Mm. Oh, yeah. There's going to be rants involved. Shocking. What? Shocking, I know. But we've got some good ideas as well. See you then. Bye.